turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. The Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. As we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 11th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Appreciate you being with us. We have uh, a lot of ground to cover today. We're scheduled to be joined in just mere moments by the uh, co-chair of the Republican Party, Bob Paduchik. Uh He is, uh, uh, of course, a Northeast Ohio native, and uh, he's got a lot to say as the President of the United States comes to the Buckeye State once again tomorrow. And so we're looking forward to that visit. So hopefully we'll get uh, Mr. Paducek's connection made here in just a moment. But until we do that... Um, Yes, we're going to respond. We have no choice but to respond. And we have to make sure that this is this response is heard loudly and clearly from one end of this country to the other between now and November 6th at the time when we go to the polls. I will again urge you, as I said yesterday, don't wait until November 6th. Do your early voting while you're still mad about what was done to Judge Brett Kavanaugh. But... Regardless of when you vote, when you vote, I want you to. I want this to be heard loudly and clearly, because we cannot allow evil people to win. Michelle Wood says that you know when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. That's what. That's what this new Democratic. It is just as important to listen to the response in the room when Eric Holder suggested that what Democrats should do to Republicans is kick them as it is to listen to Holder himself, the former top cop in the United States of America, the former attorney general, taking civility to an all-new low. And I thought we had heard the worst of it from Hillary Clinton. 
I thought we had heard the worst of it from Maxine Waters, from Cory Booker, and from the rest of those trying to incite violence against people who oppose them politically. But now we have the former Attorney General in the state in the United States of America suggesting that the way to deal with conservatives that you don't agree with is to kick them. Yes, more and more violent calls from the Democrat mob. Except you can't call it a Democrat mob and get away with it in today's mainstream media because they are in full defense of the mob. We're going to talk about this at 216-901-0945. But as promised, we do have uh, Bob Paduchik on the line. Bob Paduchik, co-chair of the Republican National Committee. Bob, uh, good to talk to you again, sir. How are you? Bob, I'm doing well. I'm uh, in a car on my way to Lima, Ohio, in Allen County. So I apologize if there's any uh, noise or disruption. Appreciate that. Thanks very much, uh, Mr. Paduchik. Um, uh, but I'm sure we're going to be fine. You sound loud and clear right now. The message was loud and clear from Democrats yesterday. And as I said in my lead-in here, from, from one prominent Democrat after another, uh, calling not just for, quote, uncivility, but calling for violence, calling for kicking, calling for getting up in the face of, that's Booker, calling for you create a crowd and you push them and tell them they're not welcome here for Maxine Waters. And on down the line we go. And not only are the leaders saying this, we're seeing the minions carrying it out on Capitol Hill, bursting through uh, security uh, uh, barricades at the Supreme Court, pounding on the doors, going in, getting into people's faces in elevators, and all of the things that they're calling for, Bob, the, the, the left's minions are actually doing this, and I, I have great, great fear that this is going to end very, very violently uh, before all is said and done. Well, well, Bob, the radicalization of the Democrat Party has been something that started Actually, the day after Donald J. Trump was elected president, you saw the fake recounts, you saw efforts to hijack the Electoral College, you saw the resistance movement, and everything that has happened over the last uh, almost two years now uh, since uh, uh, President Trump was elected. It it is a party that has been taken over by its extreme left wing, and and what what you are seeing are the fruits of that early rhetoric and that resistance and obstruction that has characterized the Democrat Party for the last two years. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with that, although, of course, if they want to challenge, you know, electoral results or if they want to do this or that or the other in terms of, of you know, procedural things, go ahead, make your noise and shout at the top right. of your lungs about how frustrated. But when they are actively encouraging physical confrontations between their followers, many of them paid activists by George Soros, many of them members of violent organizations like Antifa, when they're encouraging physical attacks and physical violations of personal space, getting within inches of, of, of people's face in restaurants and screaming at them so that they cannot in, enjoy family meals and these kinds of things. It's going to, you know, I, I just, you know, we, we, we already saw a few different physical attacks. Rand Paul got attacked in his yard. You know, Steve Scalise right. and others were shot at at a baseball field. I mean, I, I just don't. I just don't understand how they think that this is okay. I understand that it's a heated time in American politics, but how can they possibly justify this type of behavior? Well, well, that 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 was the point I was trying to make. Probably wasn't very clear on it. It, it started off at the beginning of his election, and and it is built up over these last several months mm-hmm. to a point where, it, as you are stating, we're we're in a really scary time here because 
the Democrats, in, in, in many ways, they are so radicalized right now. And, and I believe it's going to hurt them in the midterm elections here. You saw it on full display on the confirmation hearings for uh, Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, what what that will will what that has done is showed American voters that if you elect the Democrats to the House, if you give them control of the House of Representatives, what you saw the last month, the craziness and the insanity coming out from Democrats in the in the Senate Judiciary Committee, you will continue to see that for the next two years if you elect Democrats to Congress. That's exactly right. Hugh Hewitt came on before me and was and was essentially, you know, just imploring voters, do not reward this behavior. Do not vote for any Democrat exactly. and on any ballot at any in any city, locality, state. You cannot reward this kind of behavior. This needs to be quashed right now, and they need to pay a massive political price so that the next time we, you know, you know, the elections come around and disagreements between Republicans and Democrats come around, we do not have these calls for violence. And these calls, Bob, as you well know, are not coming from both sides i do not hear conservatives screaming to go and get in the faces of and to attack people kicking people as eric holder said for for disagreeing with them this is all coming from the left well and again it starts with the type of rhetoric that we've seen over the last several months and and most of it focused on uh president trump and and republicans in congress for uh, policy disagreements. I mean, you know, the, the, what makes a representative democracy work is uh, uh, respect for other ideas and other beliefs and other approaches to policy issues. And uh, Democrats have demonstrated that they, they have no respect for this president or what Republicans are trying to do. It's, 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 it's the heightened rhetoric that's the problem. And uh, look, the other thing it does, Bob, is it, it, it gives us a clear choice to present to the voters. You know, I'm in the business of trying to elect Republicans to office. So mm-hmm. for me, this makes it a lot easier where you can say, look, you can have continued record low unemployment. You could have fantastic economic growth, gross domestic product of 4.2% greater. You can continue to have that type of uh, economic success, or you can go on crazy island here with the Democrats and see all the uh, 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 attacks and uh, personal uh, uh, assaults that, that take place in terms of uh, what they're calling for and what their rhetoric is um, reflecting. I'd like to question, Bob Paducha, co-chair of the uh, Republican National Committee, I'd like to question whether or not there are any centrists left uh, or moderates left in the Democrat Party. Um, and, and I say that because I'm waiting for somebody to act like a grown-up in that party. Uh, the president said in his op-ed yesterday in uh, the USA Today that the centrist Democrat Party is dead. And mockingly, Claire McCaskill said, I'm alive, look, look at me, ha, huh? I'm alive. <laughs> Joe Manchin, Joe yeah. Manchin said, I'm still alive and well, my physicals come back strong. And my question, Bob, is if these people are the, the moderates, uh, in the party, why are they so silent? Why aren't the grown-ups who are not extremists, um, standing up and saying, no, I reject any calls for violence. I reject suggestions of kicking people that you disagree with and getting up in their faces and mobbing them in public places. I reject that. That's not how we do this. If the Democrat Party won't stand up, even the moderates, as they call themselves, or the centrists, stand up and reject this, uh, you know, these calls to violence, then again, it, it really should make your job of electing Republicans a lot easier because it's impossible to defend that. Well, the simple answer to that, 
Bob, is that that there are no, they're not real moderates, they're not real centrists, because uh, an, an average person would come up and criticize that. Look, it, it, it's clear we we are a much more diverse Big Ten party. We have moderates, we have conservatives, we have some libertarian-focused Republicans in our party. And and if you don't believe that, just look on a daily basis. We have moderate, middle of the road governors in several states that openly criticize the president, question his policies. They openly criticize um, the Congress and question their policies. And, and as troublesome as that can be sometimes, it, it also is a, a, an acknowledgement that we have a diverse party and there's freedom of thought. You can't be a pro-life Democrat. You can't be a pro-Second Amendment Democrat uh, these days. It, they just don't exist. And it's laughable that Claire McCaskill, of all people, would try to say that she she is a, a centrist. It's a joke. Uh, you know, if um, Joe Manchin is a centrist, where was his vote on the president's tax cut? Where was his vote on repealing and replacing Obamacare? He, he, he gave us a vote on a Supreme Court justice because the guy stands for election in 30 days and he's trying to save his job. That's a very good point. He he is, and uh, and 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 I would ask the same thing. Where are you on certain votes? But moreover, if you want to claim you're a centrist and you're a moderate and you're not part of the extreme wing of your party, then where is your voice? Where is your voice? Why aren't you standing up right. and calling for the civility that Hillary Clinton has declared dead until they take over? Can you imagine that, Bob? She said, once we regain power in either the Senate or, or excuse me, either the House or the Senate or both, she said, then civility can come back. In other words, if you don't vote for us, it's going to be violent. It's going to be uncivil for a long time. I, that, that's one of the most that's one of the most staggering things I've ever heard in politics. It's astonishing. It really is. But it, it's no surprise to hear that from Hillary Clinton because her duplicity is well well defined in, in her previous actions and her previous campaigns. You mentioned um, uh, you know the diversity in the party, and you can't be very diverse of thought in other ways in the, in the Democrat Party, and I agree. And I want to talk about racial diversity. Kanye West and Jim Brown, two very outspoken African-American celebrities, uh, and Jim Brown, of course, has made a life of fighting for civil rights and fighting to impact the lives of primarily minorities who have been involved in gangs. His Ameri Can program has been going on for decades, and right. he's a supporter of President Trump. Kanye West is a supporter of President Trump. And they're just two examples. They're at a meeting with the president today of a movement, it feels like in this country. A year ago, the president of the United States had, uh, uh, I want to say it was around 18% support from, from because um, I saw the poll back on Monday, from African Americans, 18% approval rating. It's 35% today, despite all of the negative press, despite everyone calling the president and his administration and his supporters racists. 35% of African Americans polled, uh, and I believe this was Gallup, uh, said they have a strong approval of the President of the United States. That has got to just have Democrats scared for their lives in these elections. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, the African American vote, the Democrats take that for granted. They do very little to back up uh, the, that with any real policy changes that benefit African Americans. What, what, what's been helpful for us is the record unemployment for African Americans. The, the 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 economy, the job growth has created opportunities, and and people respond to that. Look, I'll tell you this: if we get half of that, if we get eighteen percent of the African American vote, Donald J. Trump will be a reelected president of the United States. If we get thirty five percent of the African American vote, it will be an epic blowout of historic proportions. 
Well, according to the the numbers, and uh, and my friend Peter Kirsten out from the Civil Rights Commission has pointed this out. If the Democrats don't get ninety percent of the vote, uh, you know right. they, they they go the way of the, of the black vote. That is, they, which they have, they go the way of the Whig Party. If 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 thirteen, fourteen, even fifteen percent of African Americans come out and vote for a President Trump or come out and vote for Republicans, the Democrats are toast. They don't even we don't even need thirty five percent of the black vote. If we get fifteen percent, historically, it will destroy any margins the Democrats Absolutely. ever had. Absolutely. And, and, and look, this is about governing for all Americans. This is something that the Democrats forget. They use identity politics to divide people and put them into categories and create grievances, some real, some made up, and, and to further divide Americans so that they can appeal to them with, 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 you know, with, with bribery, with special giveaways and not. The, the real way to do this is to benefit all Americans to improve the economy, to improve economic opportunity, to improve domestic and national security so people can live and prosper without a government that overregulates them or overtaxes them. And and that's the solution. And we see it. It's working. It's working today. Look at the economy. Look at the situation on the world stage. America is, is, is stronger and more prosperous than it's ever been. And I tell you what, we haven't talked about it yet, but this change with NAFTA, getting rid of NAFTA and replacing it with a trade deal that benefits Americans is huge for your listeners. It's huge for Ohioans and for everybody. Uh, it, it is really another indication that President Trump has turned the Republican Party into a blue-collar conservative party. Bob Paduchik is the co-chair of the Republican National Committee. Bob, we're past our time here, but before you go, the president is returning yes. to Ohio tomorrow. What can you tell us about the visit? It's going to be huge. The crowd is going to be fantastic. People are fired up. Uh, it's going to help boost our candidates. Mike DeWine, who's running for governor, Jim Renacci for the U.S. Senate. Uh, down there, it's going to help um, uh, 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 Steve Shabbat, who's running in the 1st Congressional District. We're excited about the visit, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see him again before the election. Well, I'm very excited about the visit, too, and I really appreciate the chance to talk with you about all this very important stuff. Keep up the great work. Let's get Republicans elected all over this state and all over the country, and let's make sure that the Democrats pay the political price that they have coming to them for for robbing this country of decency, civility, and integrity in politics. Thank you so much, Bob. Take care, Bob. You got it. Bob Paducha, co-chair of the Republican Party uh, in uh, the RNC specifically. Uh, and uh, really, really important to do exactly what he said and exactly what Hugh Hewitt said. You know, I don't like to ever uh, parrot Hugh Hewitt's talking points, but he continued throughout his program this morning before we came on the air saying, do not elect a single Democrat. Vote Republican across the board, even if you don't normally do that, because there must be a price to pay for what they have been doing. More coming up right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Bob Paduchik joining us, uh, the co-chair of the Republican National Committee. A really great conversation. I'm going to take a uh, quick call here. I've got a minute to before the bottom of the hour from Gaynell in Avon. Am I saying your name correctly? Is it Gaynell? Gaynell, yes. Gaynell. Uh, All right. Thank you, Gaynell. Yeah. Go right ahead. Okay. We moved here probably about a year ago, and I'm in Avon. Well, I thought Jim Jordan was our congressman. And, and I hear him and see him, and I've called his office. And, and then I find out that Bob Gibbs 
is our congressman in Avon. So I just called his office, could not get any answers from the girl that answered. I find out his office is in Ashland and Canton. I'm trying to figure out what what is this that he the has districts. In yeah, the districts are very, very strangely drawn, as we've all been kind of following through the years. They redraw them. Some people accuse it of it being gerrymandering. It probably is to some degree. But, yeah, I mean, there are there are people, you know, in, in northeast Ohio whose congresswoman is in Toledo, Marcy Kaptur. You know, when they merged those districts between hers and Dennis Kucinich's, and that's what got Kucinich drummed out of office, essentially, because uh, only one of them could have that district. Uh, so, yeah, there are people around here who have to go all the way to Toledo or reach out in Toledo to uh, to talk to their Congress congressional representative but if you Marcy call their office and they won't tell you any answers then why would I vote for him is what I want to know you know well that's I, I what, asked what, her several questions and she mm-hmm. could not answer and she wouldn't let me talk to anybody that had the answers what kind of and, questions were you asking maybe I can answer them well I I didn't even know he was a congressman up here so I'd like to know is he a never trumper like a lot of them are, uh, you know. I do. I do not. I do not believe. I do not believe Bob Gibbs has ever counted himself as a Never Trumper. He wasn't always on well, board with everything. Well, I never hear from him. Uh, well, that's a that's a yeah. That that's a fair well, question. That how come I don't hear him on the radio? I don't hear. I didn't even know he was our congressman. And then when they won't tell you anything. I'm almost thinking, what is this? So I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you, Gaynell. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to try to reach out to Congressman Gibbs myself and get him on the radio, and, and maybe we'll take a few questions from people like yourself and uh, and, and let him answer some of those things. Uh, that, that's a very fair question. If you fi- feel like your member of Congress is inaccessible or at least is unable to be reached for a short period of time, maybe we can help uh, provide some of that. So uh, we'll see if we can reach out to the Congressman's office and uh, and talk a little bit. All right, 931 News Time now. AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed, 936 now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, Bob, Bob Gibbs is a, a rather low-profile pro, guy. Just to follow up on the call that we just got from um, Gaynell, I think it was, uh, from Avon, uh, he, he's kind of low-profile. Prof, you don't see him on TV all the time the way you do Congressman Jordan, the way you do um, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham and a number of other members of the House or Senate. He's, he's, he's a little more low-profile. Um, as far as him being a never-Trumper, I don't think he has ever declared as such. And I'm just looking at his rating from the American Conservative Union, the ACU. That's a fantastic organization, the one run by Matt Schlapp, uh, my friend. Um, he is not uh, anywhere near. He's, let's put it this way. He's decidedly more conservative than Dave Joyce, but less so than, than for example, Jim Jordan. The ACU, ACU gave him a 2017 rating of 85 in terms of conservative scale, for the sake of comparison, um, Dave Joyce was a 59. Uh, Jim Jordan is a 100. So you understand, there's, there's just that, you know, he's, he's a very, very strong conservative, not quite to the level of Jordan, but certainly much more so than others. He's in the 80s. He's very conservative enough for me, conservative enough for, uh, you know, my support, as is Jim Renacy, by the way, who's an 81 on the ACU scale. And of course, I support Jim Renacy to the hilt for this race against, uh, Sherrod Brown. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I'm going to try. I'll reach out. We've talked to as many members of Congress as uh, you know in this area as we can. But I have to admit, I have not reached out to Bob Gibbs in probably a, a couple of years, maybe a few years. Uh, so we'll see if we can get him on the radio and talk a little bit about some of these issues. So thanks to the caller for bringing that up. I want to go back now to the issue of civility and to the threats that continue to be made by the American left, the Democrat Party, which is so desperate for a return to power that they're no longer just calling on their voters to, you know, vote. They're no longer just calling on their supporters to knock on doors and hand out flyers, make phone calls, make donations, fundraise, put up signs in yards. They're not just asking their supporters on the Democrat side to take part in elections to regain power. They're asking their supporters to break laws in order to regain power. They're asking their supporters to try to physically intimidate conservatives out of supporting their conservative candidates. There's just no other way to say this. If you listen, and there have been montages played of all of these liberal Democrats essentially threatening physical violence, physical unrest, physical intimidation. It's a very, very frightening thing. And I don't mean that as a frightened schoolgirl. I mean frightening to the to the you know the republic that we're trying to defend. Frightening for the for the sake of, of, of what our country is becoming. I'm not frightened, and you want to know why? Because I'm a conservative. Conservatives shouldn't be frightened. Conservatives should should honestly be, i got to be careful how I word this, but let me put it to this way. My wife and I were watching, um, I believe it was Fox News Sunday on Sunday with Chris Wallace, and uh, he was interviewing Mitch McConnell first and then Lindsey Graham. This, of course, was this past Sunday, just one day after the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. And they were discussing the, you know, the physical altercations and the mob-like behavior from the left. And um, my wife was watching one of the mob scenes, and she just said, I swear we are going to have another civil war in this country, aren't we? And she, she literally meant civil war, as in one side of the country taking up arms against the other side. And I told her, I said, well, I said, it sure feels that way, but here's the good news. We're on the side that actually believes in arms. (laughs) We're on the side that believes in the Second Amendment. We're on the side that believes in self-defense. We're on the side that actually is going to be willing, if it comes down to being attacked, we're on the side that's going to be willing to actually fight back. The, uh, the left doesn't believe in guns. They don't believe in the Second Amendment. They don't believe in personal protection. So if it ever does come down to it, be careful what you wish for. If you want to start some sort of a, a physical confrontation or battle or war uh, of ideologies in this country. But she was right to a degree. This, this is how it sounds and this is how it feels when you have Hillary Clinton essentially threatening. If you don't reelect Democrats to power... The uncivility is going to continue. And in fact, she probably is indicating that it's going to be ratcheted up. She is, and this isn't, you know, these aren't my words. These are her words. When she said uh, to, um, 
uh, her audience that uh, that uh, once the Democrats regain control of the House or the Senate or both, then we can have a return to civility. In other words, not until. No civility while Republicans are in power. That's terrifying. She's not terrifying. It is terrifying for what it means uh, to this republic. And then you have the former Attorney General Eric Holder. Michelle Wood says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. And again, as disturbing as what the former Attorney General Eric Holder said is, it's more disturbing that his audience liked it. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> applause, applause, cheers, cheers. Yes, kick them. Kick Republicans. Kick conservatives. And why are they trying to kick us? Why are they trying to intimidate us and get up in our faces? They're trying to drive us into the corners. They're trying to drive us into the shadows. They're trying to drive us out of the public sphere. They're trying to make you afraid to wear that Make America Great Again hat. They're going to knock it off your head. They're going to dump drinks on you. They want to make you afraid for putting a Trump sticker on your car. They're setting cars on fire that are are adorned with Trump stickers. They want to make you afraid of having a Trump sign in your yard. They're going to egg your house. They're going to vandalize your property. They're going to do everything they can to marginalize and minimize your visibility. They're going to try to minimize your public profile as a supporter because you're afraid of being attacked, either your personal or your person or your property. They're trying to intimidate you into not supporting. Even if you do cast a vote, they're going to make you look around. Does anybody see me before I push this button that says Trump? Or Trump-supported candidates before I push this button that says Renacy or Goldstein or Krauss or Gonzalez or whomever? They're going to look around. Anybody see this? Okay, I'm going to do it in secret, and I'm going to slink out the back. There's value in making people slink out the back. There's value in keeping uh, Republican and conservative voters in the shadows because we all know that there are safety in numbers. This is the way the political game works. There is safety in numbers. When you see polling for your candidate go higher, what do you normally do? You feel a little bit emboldened. You feel a little bit more confident. You feel like, I'm backing the right person. Look, other people think like I do. And it makes you a little bit prouder, and you add yourself to that list, to that number of the poll. But when you see that your person is getting destroyed, if you see the polling really, really low, it can be very discouraging. You think, why bother to vote? We can't win anyway. Why bother to support this person when nobody else is supporting them? It's a lost cause. I may not want to stand in the line on Election Day after all. That's the way that it works. It's it's groupthink sometimes. It's mob mentality sometimes. But you are. You're encouraged by more people thinking the way you do and being loud and, and, and proud and brazen about it. But if they drive you into the corners by screaming in your face in an elevator, by screaming in your face in a restaurant, by screaming in your face uh, on a sidewalk, by knocking your MAGA hat off your head. If they drive you into quiet support for your candidate, quiet support for your conservative ideals, with their uncivil tactics, by kicking you, as Eric Holder says, by creating a crowd and pushing you, as Maxine Waters says, 
by attacking you in your yard, as Rand Paul experienced, by shooting you at your baseball practice, as a whole host of Republicans, including Steve Scalise, experienced. If they try to drive you back from your public support of your positions... You may keep your positions, but it will keep your mouth shut about it, and it won't be able to inspire others to join your cause. This is why they cannot be allowed to profit from their behavior. This is why they can't be allowed to profit from from a, a, a smear campaign against a decent, honorable man who has led nothing but a perfect life of professionalism as a judge as a father, as a, as, a, as a youth basketball coach for his daughters, what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, they can't be allowed to profit from that. The uncivility and the call for violence by the American left simply cannot be tolerated. RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel said it. That Eric Holder's call to kick Republicans cannot be the left's new normal. And if we don't fight back against it and call it out the way I'm doing right now, and in larger forums than this, on national broadcasts, on television broadcasts, on prominent websites. If we don't fight back, this will be the Democrats' new normal. And moreover, if we allow them to win in November, if we allow them to take back the House or the Senate or both, it will be the new normal. You won't have a space to hide in your own country if you're a conservative. You won't. Can you imagine... A lunatic like Maxine Waters as a committee chair if the Democrats take back the House? First, you'd have the likes of Pelosi back with the Speaker's gavel in her hands. Then you'd have people like Mad Maxine Waters, who I think is honestly suffering from some sort of dementia or other early-onset problem mentally and psychologically. Either that or she's just plain stupid now we know there are other just plain stupid democrats out there and we've heard from a lot of them but can you imagine those people being committee chairs running the show running investigations running testimonies etc etc when this is their is is their calling card the calling card of violence and incivility and intimidation and harassment, can we cannot reward that, or it will be the new normal. This will be how it's done for them. And while I'm not afraid of that, because I know we can fight back, I don't want to have to fight, I don't want to have to resort to their tactics. Our tactics work. When Barack Obama won in 2008, our tactics were to form the Tea Party. Tea Party, taxed enough already. And we held quiet, respectful, organized rallies. I spoke at many of them. And they were simply expanding upon and espousing and promoting our conservative values in an attempt to get conservative-minded members of or, or, or candidates to become members of Congress so they can push back against the radical socialist agenda of Barack Obama. We didn't pound on Supreme Court doors. We didn't go into public hearings and interrupt them by screaming like banshees. We didn't have stompy foot temper tantrums in D.C. every time something didn't go our way. We didn't call our opponents names. 
We didn't call for getting in their faces and kicking them and harassing them and pushing them and so on and so forth. We didn't block streets with Tea Party rallies. All we did was encourage people to get, to get out there and fight back the way you're supposed to fight back in this country when you are looking for political uh, re- representation. By voting. We fought back by taking advantage of the voting process, the electoral process that has made this country the greatest in the history of human civilization. The left said, well, we can't beat them with the electoral process. They keep handing us our lunches, so we have to drive them away from the ballot box. Here's what we do. We scare them. We scare them. We intimidate them. We push them. We harass them. We get an inch inch from their face and scream at them. And then when they push us, they're the ones who committed the violence. And by the way, I'm, I'm here to say that I've had just about enough of that. There should be something in the law, and maybe there is. I'm not a cop nor a lawyer. But when you get up in somebody's face, you violate what we what kind of has become to be known as you know your personal space. You get up in somebody's face and start screaming in their ears two inches from their nose or their ears. You ought to be arrested on the spot, even though you didn't. There are ways to assault someone beyond a punch to the jaw. To me, that is inciting to violence. They are begging the person who is being screamed at to push them, shove them, wave them out of their face with a, with a hand that touches the other person. And suddenly, oh, they committed a violent act. To me, the violent act should be the screaming in someone's face when they're trying to have dinner, driving people from, their restu- from the restaurants, driving them from their place of, 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 of uh, you know, public, uh, uh, their chosen place in public. Let's put it that way. We don't do those things. They do those things. And that's why we must not reward them. Do not let them drive you into the shadows. Do not let them scare and intimidate you. Let's beat them where it counts at the ballot box. Back after this. All right, 956, short segment here before the top of the hour. Bill Patman, remember the name Bill Patman? Do you remember Bill Patman? Twelve years, he was a Cleveland City Councilman. He's a Democrat. He is now a Democrat uh, uh, in the Ohio State House, State Representative Bill Patman. And he is still a Democrat, and he is endorsing Republican candidate for Governor Mike DeWine. He'll be joining us after the top of the hour to explain why, and I'm very much looking forward to that conversation. Uh, BJ North Olmstead, you're up. Go ahead, sir. Thank you, Bob. Once before, you and I spoke of the symptoms, uh, or rather than the cause of the illness. But the real question is, why is this violence and this attitude and anger, and we call them Democrats, but they're no longer Democrats. I can't really identify them anymore. But why does it exist, and what is their provocation, and why are they trying to provoke peaceful-minded people into violence? Why are they trying to stimulate violence in a so far sedate group of people that elect people by voting, by people that go to church? All these things that are decent, why are they attacking it? And it's much, much deeper than politics. We're beyond politics now. We're into social attitudes and social changes, but their anger and their bitterness toward goodness and toward helpfulness, and toward understanding. They don't preach that. They claim they want to help other people, but they don't get out there and do it themselves. 
and I think this is what has to be really studied, is socially now, we're beyond political. We're into a spiritual, social change that's a wave going across our country. We've had a serious storm down in Florida, and we see people immediately coming to assist. Those are not part of the angry people. Those are decent people. And these others that are being angry and and, and, the, and this former, whatever he was, Attorney General, saying kick them when they're yeah. down, to even come out and make those statements shows you there is a decadent attitude beyond beyond reasonability. In World War II, the American public was very passive. But once they saw what happened and they became angry, they were the most ferocious fighters for freedom ever. And if they agitate the peaceful people of this country, they have no idea. I see motorcycle groups that are peaceful and that are conservative. They're going to have enough of this. And there could be, and there may well be, cracking of heads. And if that happens, it is their provocation. And why do they want that? That is the real question. And I, truthfully, do I have a, an answer for that? How do you, how, how can you make miserable people? be happy with their lives that's the real question well you can't i think yeah. you got it you get okay. you're very welcome for the time bj thank you you can't but my concern is the miserable pe- miserable people dragging ordinary people down with them and that is of great concern to me mark in cleveland heights is next time mark go ahead hi i was wondering if you think that we could see uh the new supreme court with the conservative majority overturn roe v wade and or gay marriage in let's say the next 10 years uh, well, I'd be foolish to say no, never, not possible, because I think anything is possible. I have, you know, obviously there are going to have to be cases that are brought before lower courts that rise up to the Supreme Court again in order for any of those things to be brought up. Is it possible that in the next 10 years that happens? Sure. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely possible. Uh, and do I think that the conservative majority, which by the way is 5-4 now, could become a more conservative majority in that next 10 year span? Making it more likely that that could happen? Yes, I do. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not in good health. I mean, if you look at her falling asleep at various gatherings, um, you know, showing up not sober to various gatherings of the court where photo ops are are, are taken, and uh, you know, she is she is not in good health. And I'm not saying she's going to pass away, and I certainly would not wish that upon her. But what I mean is, she may not be able to physically serve for much longer. She may have to retire as Kennedy and Stevens and the others have. So. Um, if that happens in the next two years or the next six, should Donald Trump be reelected? You know, there could be a six to three majority uh, on that court. So, yes, it could happen. I am not predicting it will. But, yes, I'd be uh, it'd be foolish of me to say, no, it's not possible. Um, but we'll, we'll obviously have to watch very closely to see what happens with the uh, remaining members of the court coming up. All right, 10 o'clock, news time. Bill Patman, former Cleveland councilman, current Democrat state representative, joining us after this on AM 1420, The Answer.